I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Ever wondered what it's like to join the elite club of the world's wealthiest individuals? Night Science's latest report spills the beans. To rub shoulders with Monaco's richest 1%, you'll need a whopping $12.4 million in your bank account. Followed by Switzerland and Australia, requiring a tidy sum of $6.6 million and $5.5 million respectively to make the cut. And as for the United States, crossing the threshold into the top 1% requires a net worth of $5.1 million. On the flip side, while the wealthiest individuals in Monaco need millions of dollars to make the cut, It's a different story in the Philippines. Joining the top 1% in the Philippines requires a comparatively humble $57,000. But why is there such a disparity? Undoubtedly, the pandemic has contributed significantly to the widening of the economic gap. Additionally, when living standards soar, the gap between wealthy and developing countries grow like a chasm. The World Bank paints a gloomy picture. revealing that common folk with modest incomes are feeling the squeeze of rising prices they find themselves shelling out a bigger chunk of their hard-earned money for essentials meanwhile in a parallel universe where the mega rich reside it's raining billions the bloomberg billionaires index suggests that the world's top 500 tycoons have amassed 600 billion dollars this year mark zuckerberg ceo of meta platforms leads the pack raking in the most Now to contextualize this further according to the World Economic Forum an imbalance has emerged since 2020 the top 1% has managed to seize nearly 2/3 of the 42 trillion dollars in newly created wealth leaving only half as much for the remaining 99% of humanity basically for every measly dollar earned by someone in the bottom 90% the average billionaire effortlessly pocketed a staggering 1.7 million dollars And if that's not enough, reportedly their collective riches skyrocket by 2.7 billion dollars every single day. On the other hand, a World Bank report from 2022 revealed that approximately 71 million people worldwide were pushed into extreme poverty as a result of the pandemic. It further highlighted that the most populous countries bore the brunt of this crisis, with India alone accounting for an estimated 56 million individuals. who fell into extreme poverty all these findings point to one inescapable reality the chasm between the world's wealthy and the poor is widening faster than ever the question is what can be done about it well i suppose the responsibility lies with global leaders for the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you read yesterday from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought hello i am farheen khan and this is the deep dive for 18th may 2023 looks like fintech firm zest money will need to find the moolah to pay for its own bills first before it can pay for others because firstly the phone pay deal to acquire this buy now pay later or bnpl startup fell through after months of negotiations secondly because of this failed acquisition it had to lay off close to 20% of its workforce and now in the latest rami just 3 days back 
the company's founders Lizzie Chapman, Priya Sharma and Ashish Anantharaman also resigned. Now, does this pose a big question mark on Zest Money's survivability? It's still too early to comment, but tell you what, these are definitely some bad omens. Especially given the fact that there are plenty of concerns around the sustainability of such short-term financing models. Now, of course, BNPL services have added a whole new dimension to lending and buying. In the pandemic, it became a fan favorite among shoppers with lower income or people without credit cards, like, for example, young millennial consumers or, say, Gen Z students. I mean, the entire selling point of BNPL is that it's so stress-free, right? If you want to buy something, let's say a handbag of rupees 5,000, and that's not a random example, by the way, at least in the US, clothing, shoes, accessories, and handbags were the most common type of BNPL purchases. But anyway, if you want that handbag, but you only have rupees 3,000 in savings, and your monthly earnings or pocket money is around 6,000 rupees, then ideally, this handbag is in the unaffordable range for you, right? But with BNPL providers like Zest Money or Amazon Pay Later or Free Charge Pay Later, etc., a consumer can still buy the handbag with a lump sum down payment and then pay the rest of the money in interest-free installments over the next three to six months. And in the meantime, the BNPL provider is covering your bills to the merchant. Sounds like a great deal for both the handbag seller and you, right? You get to buy what you couldn't have otherwise, and the merchant is able to widen its sales. No wonder BNPL services are now built into merchant platforms. Even if you haven't availed these services for yourself, you have surely noticed such offers in the checkout pages. In fact, some analytical reports also expect BNPL services to grow 10 times in the next 5 years in India. But then, in this type of scheme, how would the service provider earn? And that brings me back to Zest Money and how it became cash-strapped. As per FinShorts, Zest Money has three revenue streams. First one is if you miss your interest-free EMI deadline, then it can penalize you and collect that fee for itself. Two, it takes a commission from the merchant for increasing its sale probability. And three, once you take a short-term loan via Zest Money, it would then take the loan from one of its 27 partners and collect a fee for its services like, for example, doing KYC checks. Because you see, Zest Money is not a bank. It's a fintech company. And it has to get the money from somewhere else to cover for you until you repay your loan in total. Most BNPL companies work the same way, more or less. Now, it gave out a lot of loans. But, as FinShots also points out, recovery is the biggest challenge here. In case of a default, Zest Money was liable to its partners and apparently, as per the Ken, the rate of default was at 13%, when ideally it should have been under 2.5%. Besides that, it also had to splurge on ads to attract consumers. Simply put, it needed to earn more than it spent on customer acquisition. And it also needed people to take more BNPL loans than it did to cover its costs. So right now, it is in dire need of more funds. While that's what puts Zest Money up the creek without a paddle, a host of other problems are affecting BNPL companies in general. For one, borrowing costs are also soaring due to high inflation, then stock prices of public companies have gone down, valuations of private companies have been slashed. In fact, some of the globally successful BNPL companies like Affirm and Klarna's valuations have plunged by 80%. And in India, there's an added problem for such fintech companies. 
because the RBI regulations prohibit BNPL providers from loading prepaid instruments like digital wallets or cards using credit lines. Yet, somehow, buy now pay later schemes still remain massively popular. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Shorburi and Manaswini, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. 